Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Uh, Pearly, what's happening over there? Ready to roll, baby. Ready to roll. All right, we formatted the show like a round of golf, and this first segment is the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by the Gateway PGA. Uh, well, help me to congratulate the 300-plus men and women in our section that help to make our golf experiences better. These guys have been around forever. They're behind the scenes, long hours, great people. They really, really help us grow the game. Uh, Pearly, anything to report on our social media? Zuckerberg got back to me, and uh, we're, we're free to go. We're free to yep, go. Yep. Facebook's back up and running. Yep, we are ready. Good to know. Uh, I want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing. 314-805-2132 is their number. They go to the inside of your house, the outside of your house. They have professionals. They're clean. They're they're all, um, uh, I mean, they just do great work. So if you need anything for your home, call Bob or Kathy. All right, Pearl. Week before Ascension Charity Class. I can't wait. Are you ready? I'm ready. I Got know you're a ready. Great interview with Brian Anderson. Really cool guy. Does a play by play for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's done TNT, TBS. He's done college uh, uh, hoops, NCAA tournaments. But I thought it was cool because he's hosted the four. Uh, franchise pieces of the match. First with just Tiger and Phil, then Tiger and Peyton and Phil against Tom Brady, and then it was uh, Phil and Charles against, um, oh gosh, uh, the guard for the Warriors. I'm, uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry and, and his partner. Oh, I forgot about that too. Anyway, we're close. And then he then he also uh, hosted the, the the match between Phil and Tom and Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau I didn't and Aaron Rodgers awesome. whipped serious ass in that. But anyway, anyway, so Pearl, the Norwood Golf Course is absolutely amazing. This tournament is going to be so fun. I can't wait to have a show a couple weeks past after the event so we can recap and tell some stories, tell some fun things, tell some idiotic things that I did, you know, some of the fun things we laughed about. It's going to be a blast. It absolutely is going to be a blast, and I'm glad you're ready. You're swinging good. You're pumped up. The whole thing is just going to be a very, very fun weekend. I can't wait. I want to just toss this in, too. I thought it was cool a couple of weeks ago. We, we didn't talk about it, but Tony Fina won the uh, the first leg of the um, – Playoffs and uh, up in New Jersey, and he's one of those players, John. I just want to see win more because, with a just a, a smidge more confidence, look out, unstoppable, maybe, maybe yeah, he yeah, has got such a great man- mannerism. So if he can just get that next level of confidence, to your point, which you know it's coming because yep. he's just got he's been there too many times. It's, yep. it's going to happen. Yep. All right. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about Brian Anderson. Let's tee this up for the people. Um, one of the things that I loved about him is he played. He he has a a, um, a scholarship athlete. It was a catcher at St. Mary's University in San Antonio, Texas. I love the the guys that announced that played a sport, even if it's not necessarily. You know, he's a golfer, loves the game and stuff. But there's something about being thrown into that mix, John, that lends just a little more cred to me. Well. 
for sure. Totally agree with you. But also the part that lends at least as much credit, in, at least in this situation, he had all the odd, funky, low-end jobs, not getting hardly paid anything. He learned what it was all about. And obviously, I don't want to spoil that one of the main things we'll talk about that he, ta- that he talked about. But it was just, he, he gets it from the bottom up, inside out. And you know the other thing, and, and this isn't going to spoil anything, he cares. Yeah. He gives a damn a lot. I mean, yeah. some of the thoughtful uh, mm. responses to some of the questions and just the conversation, it was really impressive to me. And, and I like the bluntness. The confidence yep. and not afraid to say, I think, that a lot of things that people wouldn't say. It wasn't huge controversial, but just he was straightforward. He's like, hey, this is what I see. This is what I believe and go from there. And I loved when he talks about kind of really getting the story in perspective and not just what you may see at the time. I was I was thinking about Steve Pate at that time. You know, uh, announcers needed to know Pater when he was on uh, on TV. Otherwise, he could come across as, you know, what's going on with this this crazy man? But when somebody knew the inside story and kind of tell the whole thing, uh, then it made sense. And I think that's that's exactly what Brian says he feels he does. Yeah, yeah, no no question. Um, the other thing is I got to know B.A. Uh, through the Golf Channel. You know, he started he started mm-hmm. the Golf Channel from 2003 to 2006. And uh, he was also, I didn't realize this, but he was also part of four world championships down in San Antonio when the Spurs and Pop and Duncan and those guys were, were rocking down there. That was pretty cool. Very cool. He's been around the top dogs, and he came up through the uh, the, the basement. So great, well-rounded guy. All right, so... Um, that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. Let's do the tip of the cap, and that segment is brought to you by the Dean Team of Kirkwood. 314-966-0303. Today I'm tipping my cap to all of the volunteers that make these pro events work. When I was up in Calgary, there were so many people that were so excited to get to volunteer. They're giving their time. Half the time, they're buying their uniforms. They're taking off vacation times. That's the same thing that's happening next week at the Ascension Charity Classic. And it's probably close to 1,000 people. And so my, the, my, my, uh, my cap is tipped to them, and I appreciate them. Without them, we couldn't have a tournament. They're absolutely huge, and there's a lot of work behind that. It's not just sitting there enjoying the, the golf, although they can do that too. It's long days for those guys. Uh, we want to thank Colin and Brandy at the Dean Team of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. Colin, I need a new car for JoJo. I don't know <laughs> if I told you that or not. Uh, that'll wrap up the On the Range segment. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back for the front nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Paul Azinger, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I want to thank the Gateway section of the PGA of America for supporting the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Um, there are over 300 men and women, PGA professionals, and over 100 golf facilities in the greater St. Louis area supporting us. They're experts in the game. They know the business of the golf, of golf. And at this point in time, this pandemic, the golf courses are jammed. These folks are working 10, 12-hour days and just doing great stuff and really appreciate them. Every time you pull up to a public course or a private course, a driving range, there's a really good chance by 
that that facility is run by a member of our section. Some of the examples of the programs that are run by these PGA professionals and the Gateway PGA section include PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Hope, and the PGA Junior League. To learn more about the Gateway PGA, go to gatewaypga.org. To find a local PGA professional coach, For your next session, go to PGA.com. The PGA, growing this game we love. Marcon Appliance Parts Company needs to recognize their entire local branch sales team as the best in the industry. In fact, any industry, all industries. Located in nearly 50 cities and towns across the United States, Marcon Appliance Parts branches set the standard for customer service and inventory. Our sales team have the expertise and knowledge to make your major appliance repair a snap. We stock thousands of parts locally or ship from our nationwide network of distribution centers to keep major appliances working properly using only genuine manufacturer's parts. It is our privilege to be the professionals behind the professionals that keep America's in-home major appliances running properly all year long. Well played, Marcone Branch team. Your tireless dedication and winning attitude is apparent. We salute you today for all you do. Marcone Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I am delighted to welcome Marie Davila to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. I'm sure you know where it is, but in case you don't, Marie Davila is a landmark out in West St. Louis County. It's located on the corner of Clayton and Weidman Roads. It's also on 21 beautiful rolling acres right on the way out to Queenie Park. It's a country club-like atmosphere. It's iconic, and it's absolutely gorgeous. When my dad died and my mom decided she didn't want to live alone, Marie de Villa was the first place we called. When we pulled up, we were greeted at the front door by the owner. And he took us around on a tour of the facility. We learned that there are one, two, and three-bedroom villas that you can live in. And there's also 24-hour care in the East, West, and the Waterford buildings. So Marie de Villa had everything that my mom wanted. One of the things that stood out in my mind as well was the way the family-owned business treats their guests. That's right. They refer to them as guests, but they treat them like family. So if you're in the process of trying to make a tough decision for this next part of life, you got to visit Marie de Villa. This is local. This is family. And this is St. Louis. This is Marie de Villa. Come be our guest. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101 to see how they can help you stay in the game. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Hi, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. That's right. SSM Health Physical Therapy has TPI, Titleist Performance Institute, trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screen on you, as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. It is awesome. Proper posture and alignment can help you keep it right down the middle. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSM.com. 
physicaltherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Congratulations to the Powers Insurance ticket winners for the Ascension Charity Classic. Gerard Bunton, Sarah Winch, Jim Morrison, and Ron Pruitt. A representative from Powers Insurance will contact you shortly to arrange your ticket pickup. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie's with me. Brad Barnes is taking care of us in the ESPN studios. And we're headed to the Front Nine, brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. All of this rambling, all of this yapping, Pearl, it's next week. Time to tee it up. Let's go. Let's see what we got. Norwood Hills, 6 through, six through the 12th. Can't wait. All right, we've got this interview with Brian Anderson. you got to start with the Golf Channel. We know all the other cool things he's done between the NBA, uh, NCAA basketball, the Brewers play-by-play. Let's go listen to Brian Anderson. All tied at one. Braun swings, line drive, deep left field, and it's gone! A grand slam! Brian Anderson is brought to you by Golden Tee. I am sitting down this morning with longtime friend. He is the current uh, play-by-play guy for the Milwaukee Brewers, Brian Anderson. Brian, good morning. Hey, Jay. How you doing today? Oh, my gosh. I'm doing just great. How about you? Welcome to St. Louis. I'm, I'm good. Well, it's all good. You know, it's, it's uh, quite... You know, the, the fact that the Brewers win a series in St. Louis is quite interesting and needed for this franchise. It's been an amazing year watching the Brewers play, and um, I've still been spinning off and doing the TBS games on the weekend, but usually during the week I'm with the Brewers, and uh, they've been a lot of fun to cover this year. Oh, my gosh, and they're so fun to watch. They're such a scrappy bunch, and they, they, they have really taken on the personality of their manager, Craig Council, and I'm a baseball lover, and obviously a cardinal honk, but I still love watching good baseball, and they are just doing so much right. Yeah, they play with a lot of joy. You know, that's what I love about this this Brewers team this year. They, You know, they're on a pace to win 100 games. They've got one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, which makes, makes them a real World Series contender um, because of their terrific rotation, their great bullpen. They've got two guys at the back of their bullpen that are as good as any tandem in the game. And, you know, the three starters they can roll out there, the, the three aces we call them, uh, with Peralta, Burns, and Woodruff. Uh, those three guys are are all going to probably split some Cy Young Award votes, and they're all going to be, you know, ace-type pitchers that could pitch a game one of a series and of a postseason series. And so, you know, Council's done a great job, and I think maybe more importantly than anything, there's a terrific – uh, cohesiveness between owner, general manager, and manager. And I think Craig Council is obviously, this is his seventh year now, so he was actually the manager when they hired the general manager, David Stearns, and uh, Mark Adonacio, the owner. So it's, it's, you know, it's one of those interesting dynamics when you have an owner. You have an ownership group, but there's really one owner that's involved. You know, it's not like a George Steinbrenner situation, but it's close to that where you have one owner who makes the decisions and is the spokesperson for the ownership group for the team. 
So I think that streamlines things as well, and they can be flexible, and they can make certain moves. And, you know, if they feel like they've got a team to make a run with, which they do this year, and they made a bunch of moves. So, yeah, it's it's all good in Milwaukee. I mean, coming off the Bucks NBA title as well, there's a lot of – a lot of good vibes going on in Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Having the Bucks win the, the world championship in the NBA. And um, I, you know what, Brian, it's interesting when you watch winning baseball. You know, there's, there's things that need to be done. The fundamentals need to be adhered to. But when you start putting teams together like, like groups are doing in today's game, like the Dodgers are just buying everybody they can. I mean, they've got a $30 million pitcher named David Price who who pitches out of the bullpen occasionally, you know, and you've got some of the crazy acquisitions that the Yankees made where they're just, you know, acquiring all-star talent here and there. And then you go to the Brewers and you go, wait a minute, this team has heart. They play with, they've got chemistry, whatever they have. I want that. I, I want that on my team. I like watching that. It's by design. They certainly try to bring culture to the party. I mean, I think in the in the height of the analytics age, you know, the 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 idea of culture and guys that were would work well together and guys that were, you know, kind of winning players that brought joy and attitude every day, I think that was ignored for a window. And, you know, teams started to feel the brunt of that because, you know, a lot of players were signed and a lot of players were acquired that may have hit all the right boxes, you know, but analytically, but maybe didn't, you know, lead to winning baseball. I mean, I don't think anybody in the analytics world would say Christian Yelich is having a great year right now, but he, he brings a lot to the table, you know, just like, like the Wednesday night game in St. Louis, the guy, you know, he's, he's a little bit injured. He's not playing great, but he's, he's contributing to winning every day, not just his presence in the clubhouse, but his speed, his defense, the way he runs the bases. He can, you know, he had a bunt single that added to a lead of extra innings on Wednesday. So I just think, you know, those are the kind of things that you're seeing more and more of. And if you look at the way the Tampa Bay Rays are structured, um, the Brewers have pretty much modeled that. Um, they, I would even say that the Rays structure was somewhat formulated by a current Brewers employee, which is our current general manager, Matt Arnold. Uh, he works under the president of baseball operations, David Stern. So Matt came from the Rays with Andrew Friedman. And I don't know if you know the story, but when the Rays had a managerial job open post Joe Madden, Craig Council was the one they interviewed and it was basically his job and he declined the job, pulled himself out of the race. They hired Kevin cash council ends up managing the brewers, uh, the next season. So, you know, there's a lot of connection. I think that philosophically they're all aligned, the Rays and the brewers. And those are the two small market teams, low payroll teams that have been able to, to win a lot. I mean, the Rays have been to the world series. The brewers have been to three straight post seasons and both, franchises have a juggernaut in their division, you know, with the Rays, with the Red Sox and the Yankees. And of course the Brewers have the the Cardinals and what has been the Cubs recently until just this year, but Cardinals are always good. You know, they're always the class of the division and the Cubs have money. So it's very similar on a lot of levels. Yeah, I could, yeah, gosh, Brian, I could sit and talk baseball with you all day, but I want to just kind of go over a little bit of your career. I want the folks to know in St. Louis, first of all, I've known you since 
the early 2000s when you first started wa- working with the Golf Channel, but you've got baseball in your blood. You were a catcher in college at St. Mary's University. Your brother pitched for the Reds. Um, but most importantly, when I think of you, I think of what a sportsman you are. You're doing games for the Big Ten Network, MLB games, obviously, for, <laughs> for TBS, NBA games for TNT. But didn't you get your start in San Antonio, and weren't you doing some sideline stuff when the Spurs won three championships? Yeah, I was there. I was a sideline reporter for Spurs Television for the first four championships, so starting in 99. And then I left San Antonio um, in o, so 06, after the 06 season, I, and I came to Milwaukee to start the 07 season with the Brewers. But even before that, you know, I, I played college baseball. I was a scholarship athlete, and I played all the sports growing up. I mean, I played golf and tennis and basketball and racquetball and football and baseball. I, I played competitively uh, football and baseball in high school. So, you know, you can't grow up in Texas and not play high school football there. You'll get shamed. But so I did. I played high school football and um, and baseball and got a scholarship to play baseball and at St. Mary's University in San Antonio. And so that kind of really started my my path <clears throat> because we, my college team, shared a, uh, a field, a facility with the AA team, the San Antonio Mission. So I got to know a lot of those guys. You know, I, I we used to pull tarp for them and we used to work on the grounds crew. It was our field. We leased it to the professional team at that point, the Dodgers. So, you know, I kind of got to know them, and then I got to know the broadcaster, and I thought maybe this is something I'd like to do. And lo and behold, you know, that that franchise moved from my college campus to a brand-new stadium the year I graduated from college. And they were amping up and ramping up their production, their business model, so they'd run like a really small mom-and-pop shop. And so, you know, turns out that I had a lot of technical – abilities um and i i brought some things that they didn't have and you know my brother was playing professionally at the time so i knew the minor league world and that's kind of where it all started jay was just them recognizing me as somebody who had all these tentacles everywhere from playing to uh, knowing the minor league life to the broadcasting stuff the technical background um and so that it made it a really good fit and they hired me right out of college it paid me $25 a game to be the, uh, to do the middle innings. I got $25 a game to throw batting practice and I caught bullpens as well for the, for the team. So it was like, I thought I was rich. I was making, uh, I was making about a hundred dollars a day, just doing a bunch of baseball stuff, broadcasting and catching bullpens and throwing batting practice and <laughs> pulling luggage. I got a dollar a bag when we went on the road. Oh my gosh, I there's something about so so Brian, for me there's something about a guy that's calling the action that has actually played before. There's something about um the oh the knowledge about how difficult this situation is, how hard the game is because we have this tendency if whether it's golf, baseball, football, we watch the best in the world do it and we forget this is really hard stuff to do. Yeah, it is. It's been very helpful for me. And, you know, I, I've never, I wouldn't know it any other way because I did play for so long and obviously I wasn't good enough to play professionally. So I can't speak to the, 
to the pro game, and I've never act like I do, but there are nuances you pick up. There are things that, that you can see in a game, body language. Um, you know, I think because I played, that helps. And then on the flip side, because I spent a lot of my early career, you know, even when I was in college as an in- internships and whatnot, I did a bunch of the technical stuff too. So I ran handheld camera and I did audio and graphics and, you know, I just, I worked behind the scenes. Um, so that, that's been invaluable as well, that I can talk the language of the tech ops and I can, you know, if to troubleshoot things or to, to set certain things up or to make things easier. Um, so I, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad it all kind of went down that way. And it was all out of necessity for me. I was just trying to find jobs that I could stay close to the sports world and still kind of pursue the broadcasting thing. But I, in order to do that in the minor leagues, you had to have an off season job. So the two jobs that I took that I pursued and got pretty good at was handheld camera. So I was a, you know, handheld camera operator for live sporting events in the, in the off season of baseball. And I worked at a golf course. So I worked at this high end resort in San Antonio. It was an Arthur Hills course called uh, Hyatt Hill country golf club. And some of those people that I worked with there and I worked for are still some of my best friends to this day. And lo and behold, that, that job, which was a $7 an hour job that I worked for five years, folding shirts, making tea times and, you know, just kind of like learning the industry. That that was the job that combined with all my broadcasting experience put me over the edge with the Golf Channel. So when the Golf Channel was looking for a more mainstream voice to launch their new tour called the Nationwide Tour, a new sponsor anyway, which you were a part of, um, it just it's funny how it all just kind of like fit, you know, and, uh, and it's kind of been that way my whole career. You know, I spent nine years in the minor leagues. I thought I was never going to get out of the minor leagues. Um, I would look at guys like Dan McLaughlin, and he got a big league job with the Cardinals at a very young age, and, you know, we were about the same age, and I just, you know, I thought I was never getting out of there. And so, you know, that comparative thinking will get you in big trouble, as you know from your playing days, but it is important to just stay on your path and whatever that path is to try to, be as good as you can in the space that you occupy and then let the chips fall where they may. Those are all a bunch of cliches. But in my case, it's really the truth where all of this kind of laid out and I, I wasn't constantly looking at the next thing. I was just making sure I did this thing well because I needed this thing to survive, you know, had a wife at that time, a baby. Uh, I'm trying to be a grown up, So I had to make this thing work, whatever that particular thing was, but it was, the tech stuff, the broadcasting, working at the golf club, all of that had to work and I had to make it work. So all of it ends up paying off in one way or another, um, even to this day in my broadcasting career. Yeah, that growing that growing up thing can be a bitch, can it sometimes where you have to try to, <laughs> to, to be an adult. But one of the things I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, Brian, and, and um, um, the, the thing that I loved about what you brought to golf and I hear it every time you're doing whether it's the match or whether you're calling an NBA game for for uh, TNT there's something about the confidence and the calm in your voice that for me 
I know that this this guy came from a playing background. It just is something that just hits me when I hear your voice, and I, I it's it's reassuring to me because I feel like the perspective is so important um, to to not let this thing you know kind of get out of hand. And you know that now that you're uh, on this side of the fence in the media, and you know you were a great player in your your own right, and you know I think the the idea coming across on this side is is to treat it like a real like a real profession. I mean, there are a lot of former players that still treat it like a hobby, but um I, I didn't I didn't ever consider myself a player turned broadcaster just because I was always interested in journalism and broadcast journalism and felt like I was just doing both. So it, it's a little different for me than Tony Romo or, you know, even Dwayne Kuyper who does play by play for the Giants but played in the major leagues or even Bob Euchre, for that matter. I mean, Euchre was a very famous personality, was a not-so-famous player, famous personality that became a broadcaster. So for me, it's always been about serving the the moment, serving the player. Like, I want to do right by the athletes. And it's very easy and lazy to see something and then react to it when you may not know all the details. And for me, like diving into, well, what makes this guy tick? Like this whole scene on Wednesday night, I don't know if you remember, but Yadier Molina and Colton Wong, Colton Wong steals second base, Yadier Molina, um, you know, it's a bang, bang play. Didn't get him. Wong smiling, Molina smiling, Wong reaches down and like acts like he's going to pull the base out of the ground, which is what a lot of, great base stealers do when they have historic moments like Ricky Henderson. And so like, for me, I think you could have construed that as being arrogant or these players are talking trash to each other, but knowing the backgrounds, understanding that there's more to the story. It happens a lot in the NBA because these guys play with each other for so long. They know each other from the AAU circuit. So even though it may look like they're, they're mad at each other or, or talking trash to each other, which they are, it, it's not like, it doesn't have that venom, you know, that some people react to. So if that's, that's all it is. It's like every day trying to survey the land and trying to make a determination like, okay, is it, what are my eyes showing me here? What am I hearing? Is this real? And I'm not a hundred percent. I miss it sometimes too and misconstrue things, but you know, I'll, I'll admit that mistake too and apologize. But you know, there are times when I know people who, haven't played or haven't been in a locker room or haven't competed at a high level. Um, they, it's, it's just not part of their wheel. You know, they wouldn't recognize that. And so it's the easiest thing to do is to be critical about a lot of these things when you don't really know the full story of it, because you haven't been in the competitive environment. And I have on a much lesser scale, but I, but I have, I've been in there. And so I kind of am cued to look at certain things and, view certain things from that lens as opposed to the lens of, you know, these spoiled athletes who are here to entertain me. And if they're not entertaining me, I'm going to throw something at them or yell some obscenity at them. And I just like to take it a few layers beyond that. No, absolutely. What I, and my take was Colton Wong was showing respect to Yachty because he stole a base off of one of the all-time greats. Yes. And Yachty totally. was like, absolutely, totally. man, right on and good for you and try it again and I'll get you next time. Exactly. Competitive spirit. Yeah, it, could have I, been a, it could have been perceived as though a guy steals a base and then acts like he's going to pick the base out of the ground like 
yeah, I'm, I'm the best, you know, I, you know, but it's just not. So anyway, it may, may be a bad example, but the point is like, if you just plopped into a game and that was the first time you experienced that, you might take offense to that. All right. That'll wrap up the front nine, but uh, don't go anywhere. We'll get you the second half of that Brian Anderson interview on golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Peter Jacobson and you're listening to golf with Jay Delsing. If you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. Don't miss the hottest rookie class in PGA Tour Champions history. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club September 6th through the 12th. Join legends Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, and Hale Irwin to celebrate the PGA Tour Champions' newest event. Professional golf returning to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, pro-am foursomes on sale now. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. This is the Gateway PGA Spotlight, and I'm sitting down this morning with Jason Marcinick. Jason, thanks so much for joining me. Jay, thank you for having me. You know what? First of all, welcome to the area. I know you haven't been here that long. It is uh, almost like a double pleasure for me to not only welcome you to the section, but also you're the new uh, director of golf head professional at Norwood Hills. Well, it's been a true pleasure, Jay. Um, all the members have been as great as you, not all of them play as great as you. Uh, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great couple of months. Hard to believe it's going on five. Everyone's asked me how much I've I've loved the city and uh, how it compares to where I grew up in Pittsburgh. And and the two cities are eerily similar, Uh, both Midwestern values. I described the biggest differences in Pittsburgh. We count the number of days that we hit 90 degrees. And here in St. Louis, we count the days that we hit 100 degrees. <laughs> Those are not great things to count, especially as hot as it's been. But, but we, have this sa- we have the Ascension Charity Classic coming to Norwood Hills uh, next week. And just um, explain a little bit to the folks about how cool this is. I've been honking this thing for months, but from your perspective, the golf course, the sky boxes, you know, from your perspective, what are you seeing? Well, Jay, you know, it's, uh, it's been really exciting. The membership is totally 100% behind the tournament. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, spend some time with the USGA and a couple of their championships and spent some time in Columbus, Ohio with the Memorial Tournament. And, and this is on the same level. Truly, the build-out looks like the memorial, and it is exciting. And the intensity on, on all the members, and as more news comes out as to who's coming, it's definitely the buzz around the club and, and around the city. You see it on billboards, and you see it on TV. It has that special type of connection to uh, not only the members and the staff here, but everybody here in St. Louis. Well, Jason, I've watched you do this prep. I've watched you do go above and beyond 
what we at Norwood have had in so long for uh, what you're doing for the membership, what you're doing for tournaments, your communication to the members, all of that stuff. You're going far above and beyond what we expect to in, to increase everyone's enjoyment of the game and their experience. I really appreciate that. Well, Jay, as a, as a PGA professional, uh, it's our responsibility to grow the game, but also to, to make sure it has a, a very prosperous future. And the members here at Norwoods love their golf. They play a lot of it. And being able to make their time here more enjoyable, it's, it's what all of us do as PGA professionals and just feel fortunate enough to be part of the history here at a great club. Well, Jason, thanks so much for all you do. Please, please, please keep doing it. And um, uh, welcome to the section and welcome to St. Louis. Well, Jay, thank you very much. Thank, uh, thank you to everybody for the opportunity. Look forward to seeing you on the range and looking forward to seeing uh, out here at the Accenture Championship. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, the ultimate virtual golfing experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. I want to tell you about Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. My friend Colin Burnt runs the store over there, and he helped me buy a used Volkswagen for my daughter, Joe when she turned 16. We've had the car for over a year. It's running great. It's nice and safe, and we've taken it there to get it serviced just recently. Pearly, that does the show with me, just bought a nice Toyota truck from Collins. So I want you to know that if there's any sort of vehicle you need, anything at all, you can get it at the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. You can call them at 314-966-0303 or visit them at DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Fogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. Pearlie's with me, and we are headed to the Back Nine that is brought to you by the Fogelbach Agency with Farmers, 314-398-0101. If you need any type of insurance, anything for your family, anything personally, anything for your business, Ed's got his family there, 314-398-0101. They will help you out. All right, John, we are going to jump right back to the conclusion of this interview with Brian Anderson. So happy to have you here for a midweek edition of the NBA on 2K Sports. Hi, folks. Brian Anderson here. Ooh, Giannis dumps it home. Driving to the basket. Yeah! Brian Anderson is brought to you by Golden Tee. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about Milwaukee. And, and when we played years, I played probably 20 years in the in the GMO, the Greater Milwaukee Open. We played it. Tuckaway Country Club. We played Brown Deer Park, and I always loved the fans uh, uh, up in Milwaukee, and I know they love their sports. Um, Brian, talk a little bit about the, I call golf this societal powerhouse because it's unlike all the other sports. We use it to raise money. We do so many good things besides the play that, that entertains people with the money that this sport generates. And it's really different than all the others, isn't it? 
It is. It's a great game, and I'm really thankful. Golf's part of my life. I mean, my stepdad introduced me to the game of golf, and, um, you know, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, and golf was always a rich kid sport, and just what it felt like, you know, it just, it, it feels cut off and on a lot of levels, it still feels cut off from a big part of our society. But, you know, I think the game uh, transcends sports. I think it allows people to come together. I think you're seeing the boom in places like top, top golf. And, you know, it, it has a little bit of that communal piece to it. Um, you can play traditional golf, certainly at the level you did. I mean, that, that's, a, that's almost impossible for any normal person to get to. But there is a, there is a way to go have fun with golf. Uh, I, I do think a lot of people who are in the golf industry, especially these big companies, are missing the point a lot. I mean, I could go on for hours about this, but I think they're missing the point and, you know, um, trying to make this a factory and turn it into an assembly line and roll as many people as you can, as fast as you can in carts. Um, I think that does take away a little bit from the game. And so um, not leaving room for uh, space to teach young players or, or if you are teaching young players, it's completely boxed in this, in a junior golf model, which I'm not saying is bad. It's just sometimes you just need space for a, a parent to take a child out there and have room to go hit some shots and have some fun. And I can remember like taking the shag bag out with my stepdad and just, we'd go to the seventh hole and hit a bunch of seven irons because nobody was out there, you know? And I think those are really, um, those are really uh, memorable times for me. And I don't think uh, the game right now, a lot of people in the game on the corporate side are allowing room for that. Um, there are some country clubs that still do that. I think every club that's that's built right now should should have a little par three course that you can teach the game and and turn this game over, you know, because it is hard to play and you need time to learn it. So um, golf golf can connect all races, generations, um, genders. I mean, it's just one of those great sports, and I would say most of my 90% of my closest friends all play golf. And it's probably, they're probably some of my closest friends because they play golf. It's, it's, it's just amazing how it brings us all together. I just had a couple of weeks uh, ago on the show, Houston white, who's really doing some phenomenal stuff up in Minneapolis. And he's an African American guy. Uh, loves the game of golf. Tiger was very inspirational. He's a serial entrepreneur, but he started a tournament uh, where he he puts um, people that are supporting the game with f- folks from the community and p- folks that are from the mayor's office and, and from different uh, parts of the government and getting them all together and saying, you know, let's get people, let's play golf with people we don't know. You know, let's let's try to figure out something um, that we can do for our city, and 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 we'll we'll talk about it over a round of golf. It's really amazing mm-hmm. that that's what the sport can provide. Yeah, and it's it's outside. It can be outside. You know, um, you know the the really where the 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 link is the the challenge. So if there was a, a break in the chain, it's those initial stages when you're trying to learn the game. And I think you know we spend we meaning the golf industry people are involved in golf like you and i are 
we spend so much time um, focusing on more the end of the chain where the experience of different golf courses and agronomy and all that's really important. Don't get me wrong. Really important. Um, but we need to put more resources instead of defining them as inner city, urban, all these, all these things that we're trying to, we think we're doing well, we're not. What, what really all we need to do is, is put resources toward those beginning stages to teach the game. Whoever wants to come to the game, we can learn the game. So what does that mean? Like simulators are huge. And I, I can remember having these conversations with you guys back in the early 2000s, you know, like Joe Ogilvy was, a, I, I always thought a visionary. And we, we were talking about, you know, if you could just play golf in a smaller space or learn golf in a smaller space, hitting into a net uh, or, you know, the way we were conceptualizing is basically what has happened with top golf, with, simulators um you know all the track man and now the hawkeye devices like you can learn the game pretty fast without stepping outside onto a big scary golf course um but we have to create windows for that so here in milwaukee marquette university has an incredible indoor golf facility and i think you probably know this living in st louis but people in the midwest the upper midwest i think we're a little more tuned to it and I've been here 15 years now, but we're a little more tuned to that because we don't have the opportunity to go play golf in the wintertime. So we, we retreat indoors, you know. That's why bowling is such a big sport in the Midwest and upper Midwest. Bowling's massive. And the bowling lanes that are still packed every, every weekend in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's like, it, you know, they're bowling leagues. And it's a winter sport. It's something you do indoors. Well, golf, the technology in golf is getting to the point where you can do that as well indoors and really teach the game and get some instant feedback and it's kind of cool getting into a video game you know what i mean like kids dig it and i mean if i was eight years old and i could go swat a ball into a mattress and i'd have a digital readout of the shape of the ball and all this I, that would be awesome <laughs> you know so i think it's really important that we start to focus on okay yes we need to keep this at, at a corporate level and golf's a really big money-making machine, but it can also have, have a lot of impact on different communities and raise a lot of money for charities and whatnot, especially professional golf. But I would love to see us do what Marquette university does and create this, this indoor facility and people can come check it out. And all these indoor golf facilities are popping up everywhere. And it's, I think there's a revolution in golf. People found that out during the pandemic. So oh. many people I know, and I know you do too, that started playing golf in the pandemic because that was the one sport you could play in the pandemic was to be outside and play golf. And the sport is booming right now, and I'm I'm a little worried that there's too much um, there's too much capitalization of the game and not enough on tipping the scales to growing the game the right way as opposed to cashing in on what it's offering right now. And if, if we tip those scales too far, man, we're going to lose it again, which I think we did for a while. Oh, Brian, no question. Um, I, you, you were um, part of the, well, you called the matches. There's been four uh, matches in the franchise. The first with Phil and Tiger, which I thought was really, really interesting. Um, and <laughs> I, I also loved the the Phil and Tom versus Tiger and Peyton and I love the trash talk I love the inner 
you know, the, the inner circle where Tiger was always, I knew Tiger was always going to refer to the W against his W's against Phil, you know, <laughs> and I just couldn't wait for it. Yeah. What did you think? And, and, um, and, um, are, are, are you liking it? I, I feel like I can tell that you like why you're doing it, but do you think it's yeah. good for the, and do you I think it's it. good, yeah, good it's, for the it's game? It's a really cool thing. It's a great thing to be a part of it. It does parallel with, what I just spoke about. So as a network, you know, um, for a long time, TNT was involved in golf. And of course I worked for golf channel before I came to TNT Turner sports and then got back in because of TNT doing the PGA championship and PGA.com. Remember Turner owned and operated a lot of that, a lot of the digital rights to those. So, you know, we would be on the air calling golf, 13, 14, 15, 16, you know, all the way through. And, you know, one of my favorite events was at Bell Reeve, obviously, when Tiger was on the prowl there. But um, so there is a thread, you know, Turner Sports was part of the the British Open, the Open Championship for years, and then the PGA. Well, they've lost the rights to all of that. So they made a run at the PGA Tour digital package, lost the rights to that, or did not have enough on the table to, to get that contract. So I think my bosses kind of looked at the landscape and they love golf just like I do. And the match one was a bit of a a cash grab. I don't know if you remember that one, but that was the one with Phil and Tiger competing against each other. It was kind of it it more trended toward like a a heavyweight boxing match where, you know, it was a heavy betting situation. It was mano a mano. It was a $10 million purse. Uh, And I, I just, it didn't really hit. You know, it, the, they had trouble with the pay-per-view. They ended up giving the broadcast away, but it did. It was a, like a first entry into this could be a really cool thing, which would be a regeneration of what we grew up with, like the Skins game or you know Shell's Wonderful World of Golf. Um, but how can we do that with a modern twist? And because the game is blowing up, I think all the markers um, with the game's popularity and everything that was happening. And then the opportunity in the middle of a pandemic, what can we televise right now? Well, we can televise golf. That That's basically what it boiled down to because, you know, we, we had to shut down baseball. We obviously the NBA shut down. So we started looking at things as a network. What can we televise? Well, we can televise golf. We have this match um, property and, you know, and that's when we, we pivoted a little and did the match too, which was, at Medalist Club in Florida, and that was when we introduced the quarterbacks to the mix with, you know, Brady um, and, and Peyton Manning. So I think that really, that hit a nerve that, you know, we never expected. I mean, we had massive ratings. Matter of fact, it's still an all-time cable record for ratings for a golf event. So think about all those major championships and all the expense of covering big golf events and all those years I was at golf channel and then Turner doing the open championship and the PGA. And and we throw together this like four man match play, put some cameras on the carts and uh, you know, in the driving rainstorm and it ends up being the highest rated cable golf event in the history of the sport. <laughs> Isn't that how so I think at that goes? point it was like, okay. And we raised $20 million, $20 million for COVID relief in one afternoon. And I think that that really has turned this into a major player 
Um, that doesn't, yeah, it, it's a golf thing, but it's more than a golf thing. You know, I think golfers kind of dig it. I know the players dig it, but really my wife digs it. And my wife, she, she wouldn't know Phil Mickelson if he was sitting right next to her. And that's how you know when it's like, Got well, some got some juice to it. Absolutely, <laughs> my absolutely. wife really enjoyed it. You know, she enjoyed the banter and the camaraderie, and, and that's where we are with it. So we'll keep going. I think you know we're hoping to have another one around Thanksgiving if we can get some players lined up and we have the rights to it, and we'll we'll keep running them out there. You know, a couple times a year if we can, one in the summer and one in the fall. Brian, I heard that with the Tiger. And Peyton, Phil, Tom match, and it was raining like hell at the medalist, and I've been there a bunch, and it's a, a nice place and everything. But I heard that in the middle of uh, kind of prep that Brady was out, you know, doing some sprinting and doing some exercises in the parking lot, and Charles said to him, Tom, what in the hell are you doing? He said, I'm trying to win another <laughs> Super Bowl, Chuck. <laughs> Well, that's true, and I can uh, confirm that because I was standing right next to Charles when he said that, when we saw that. Um, Brady is insane. And this, you know, the timeline of that, remember, that was, uh, so that was Memorial Day of 2020. Yeah. NFL, he had just signed with the Buccaneers. A lot of questions swirling about his health and why the Patriots give up on him. Like, so you, have to, you put that in context. Um, he had just, I think, maybe the week before, was the first time he had gotten pads and thrown with some of his noon receivers. and um, So now he's playing in this golf event, and he was full in it, man. First of all, he, he played 36 holes every day for like three days. He even played 18 holes the morning before the match. Uh, and, then it, and then he did a workout between. So he played 18 holes. He did a workout in the parking lot, which is kind of like a stretching, sprinting thing, start and stop, like it was a loosen-up. And it's raining. Like, it's pouring he's out there in his rain gear just doing his thing and then he played in the match famously split his pants you know didn't <laughs> wasn't playing great and then he holds out and you know it just made the whole thing was like just the ability for those guys to well the the willingness of those guys to allow us just to eavesdrop on this really famous foursome and then them competing at the level they competed was fascinating you know, and the best thing we did as announcers, which is not easy for Charles Barkley to do, is be quiet. You know, we, <laughs> we, we all just step back. And then, you know, Charles had some great moments, of course, but um, there'll never be another one as good as that one. But the one we just had in Montana was pretty close because Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau were great. And then Phil is obviously in another world. And then Tom brings so much to the to the match as well. So that was pretty close. I mean, the Scenics were epic. You know, we've introduced a fifth character into this. So the golf course we realized can be the fifth character in this whole event. And, you know, to be up there in the mountains of Montana, uh, it was spectacular. I mean, we got live, you know, like, like wildlife all around us. And, you know, Chuck's worried about snakes coming up on him. And we got rubber <laughs> snakes. We're, trying to scare them with like it all just kind of presents itself as this really fun fun thing to be a part of and yes golf is at the center of it but it's way more than that you know now we got so many people jay you cannot believe how many celebrities athletes movie movie stars 
recording artists, they all want to be a part of the match. We got more agents calling our executives than you can ever imagine. So we're... (laughs) That Believe is, me, we're we're all good. We're game. We're ready to keep going. Oh my gosh, that is awesome! And I was blown away at how well Aaron Rodgers played. I mean, I knew he was a good player. Yeah, killed but it. Man, he, he, he putted his ass off. He and Bryson was all over the map. I mean, you know, <laughs> Bryson probably missed. I don't know six of his first seven fairways and like out of bounds type missing. He was gone. Oh yeah. Rogers kept hitting it in the fairway without, I mean, Rogers was great. I've known Aaron for a long time. He's a really good player, but I've never seen him play as well. And he's got that, that little thing. All you guys have, man, like when you compete at that level, he's got that little extra that he can get himself calm and get his heart in rhythm and make plays, make putts, and, you know, hit drives when you need to. Uh, that, that's what I love most that we can have a lot of fun, but the people we're having out there, they're all such great competitors that ultimately you can see what makes them special. Brian, one of my favorite things that you mentioned earlier is just, you know, everybody's mic'd. And so, you know, Aaron Rodgers saga with the Packers and what's going on here and there. And it was <laughs> always so much fun for you to just slip a little something like, Hey bud, if you want to go ahead and tell us what's on your mind, you know, go, we got a lot of folks watching right now, and it was just the way you guys handled it was just well. The, fa- the fact we saw an actual bear really helped because I was like, it was perfect. Where there was an actual bear on the golf course, and we were like, hey, you know, the Packers play the Bears on this particular date. Who's going to be the quarterback? Yeah, I know you just it just rolled out so beautifully. He says, I don't know, BA. He knows I'm a huge Packer fan, so I've known Aaron for a long time, and. I didn't have to prep him or anything. I mean, I talked to him a lot before the event and we chatted, but I mean, he, he knows, he knows he's in control of his narrative and he knows that I got to do my job too, and at least try to get it out of him. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it was, you know what though? It's all respectful. It wasn't, didn't cross any boundaries. And, and I think that that is kind of what golf does, isn't it? I mean, I, I know that you guys are human beings and, you you do this, uh, you're in charge of the things that you say and things like that, but it was just a, a beautifully rolled out um, uh, uh, game of golf that raised another millions of dollars for, for the needy, and it was fun. That's the idea. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you said that, and I think my focus is on how the golf community receives it, even though – I would say um, from my boss's perspective, you know, it's, it's more how the entertainment community receives it because it is, it is a show and, you know, they even call it a show. It's, a, it's an event, but it's a show that um, there's just aren't many things right now that you can go on the air for six hours. We sold out every single ad spot, ad space for that at very high rates, by the way. And you know, how many shows can even the best sitcoms in the world, even the best movies, they're not on for six hours. You know, we're on for six hours. We're doing a full pregame. We're on the range with those guys. It's fascinating. Listen to them talk. We do a, a whole match with them. We do a postgame show. It's just like, it's a great way to spend an afternoon, you know, and, and if we can go on the West coast and get it close to, close to prime time as we can, like we did in Montana when we had sunlight, you know, at least sunset wasn't until 10 o'clock. So we had so much time 
in the primetime window, people coming home from work and they can watch this incredible weird thing in this incredible um, setting, you know, it, it's got all the, and it's live, you know, you just don't know. And you got Charles Barkley and you got Trevor <laughs> Immelman and you got like Larry Fitzgerald was with us last time. And we keep throwing, we had Obama on, you know, we got the, a pre, like I've never interviewed a president, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, well, what, what world am I living in that this from a small town in Texas that I'm, I'm interviewing a former president of the United States and we're talking about golf. And that's what it is. Like, that's what golf does. Ultimately takes a small town hillbilly kid and I'm interviewing a former president. And the only reason that's possible is because of golf. So every, that, that answers every question anybody ever had about the power of golf. Brian, I feel the same way. I grew up as a caddy and I've got to play with presidents. I'm on the, you know, I'm talking to you right now about how the hell did we get here? How how fortunate have we been? And man, I hope it keeps going. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Always. I always watch. I love watching you play too. You know, you were, you always had like, like that, that little finishing kick. Every, you know, you were the underdog out there for a few years. I remember that when all these young guys started coming out. I always enjoyed a Jay Delsing moment when we would get you on the air. Oh, my gosh. Well, I wish there were a few more of them. Unfortunately, there were few and far between, but I had a blast doing it. And, I, Brian, I so appreciate your time. I so appreciate these stories. I could sit here and talk to you all day long, but I know you got to get ready for a game tonight. And continued success, man. Um, I just love that you're crossing over to so many sports, and then you come back to golf, which you started a while back. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing for all of us to get to, to listen to you. I drop everything to do golf right now. Believe me, I love the sport, and and you owe me around now. So I'll be, I'm gonna be hitting you up. We're, we're not, and we're not gonna go somewhere janky either. You're gonna be, you're gonna be taking me somewhere nice. Come on, man. Just you got my numbers. Just bring it on. <laughs> All right. All right. So John, what I, I'm just gonna just zip this in real quick. Then I want to get your main takeaway. I loved there. This guy talks with a degree of confidence that doesn't strike me as arrogance that I just love and want to believe. Well, I agree. I don't think it strikes you as arrogance because uh, he knows where he's coming from. He's he's lived it. He's done all the different parts. Uh, no no pretense. And I love when he talks and clarifies <laughs> a couple times, you know, I didn't play to this level or I didn't play to that level. He, he, he knows where his place is in, in the perspective he has. I thought it was one of the most fascinating interviews that I've heard. I, I just, I just really appreciated so much of what he brought to that uh, to the table. Yeah, I did too. Okay, cool. Well, we're we're going to break that down a little more in the nineteenth hole, but um, uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, that's going to wrap up the back nine. Uh, come back for the nineteenth hole. This is golf with Jay Delsing. This is Brian Anderson thanking you for watching tonight's presentation. We'll see you next time. Powers Insurance and Risk Management is sponsoring a VIP experience for you to watch the pros play in St. Louis. Enter to win two Club 314 tickets and a VIP parking pass for either the first or second round, Friday and Saturday, of the ACC tournament. All you have to do to enter is go to powersinsurance.com slash PGA and sign up to win. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency here in St. Louis and specializes in personalized coverage for a client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand you don't fit into a box, and neither should your coverage. Club 314 tickets include food and beverage and offer an amazing overlook of the 17th 
green, and the 18th tee, where there'll be plenty of action. Once again, go to powersinsurance.com slash PGA or get more information on jdelsingolf.com. Congratulations to the Powers Insurance ticket winners for the Ascension Charity Classic. Gerard Bunton, Sarah Winch, Jim Morrison, and Ron Pruitt. A representative from Powers Insurance will contact you shortly to arrange your ticket pickup. Marcona Appliance Parts Company needs to recognize their entire local branch sales team as the best in the industry. In fact, any industry, all industries. Located in nearly 50 cities and towns across the United States, Marcona Appliance Parts branches set the standard for customer service and inventory. Our sales team have the expertise and knowledge to make your major appliance repair a snap. We stock thousands of parts locally or ship from our nationwide network of distribution centers to keep major appliances working properly using only genuine manufacturer's parts. It is our privilege to be the professionals behind the professionals that keep America's in-home major appliances running properly all year long. Well played, Marcone Branch team. Your tireless dedication and winning attitude is apparent. We salute you today for all you do. Marcone Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I know you've heard me talk about Whitmore Country Club. I want to thank them for supporting the show again for the third year and tell you things are going great for them. There's 90 holes of golf when you join at the Whit at Whitmore Country Club. The membership provides you access to the Missouri Buffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. Cart fees are included. There's no food or beverage minimums and no assessments. 24-hour fitness center is fantastic. There's two large pool complexes uh, and three tennis courts. Stop in the golf shop. you got to see my buddy Bummer. He is an absolute great guy that would love to help you with your game and love to show you around um, the uh, facility. He and his staff uh, run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events. There's live music. There's uh, uh, great dining opportunities out there, outside, inside. Anything you and your family need golf-wise, fun-wise, visit WhitmoreGolf.com or call them at 636-926-9622. Professional golf returns to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club, September 6th through the 12th. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, and pro-am foursomes are on sale now. All proceeds go to North St. Louis County Charities. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com or call 314-938-2828. PGA Tour Golf is back in the loo. The Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Do you want to have a more consistent golf swing? Hell, I know I sure do. SSM Health Physical Therapy's golf program has Titleist Performance Institute certified physical therapists trained to assess your movement patterns, your mobility, and your stability to help make your golf swing more efficient and repeatable. They can help your golf game. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. 
Let your local farmer's insurance agent, Ed Fogelbach, put his experience to work for you. Ed Fogelbach proudly serves St. Louis area families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies or provide a no-obligation quote today. Call the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. I'm with my buddy Joe Sheezer from USA Mortgage. Hey, Jay, how are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. Ah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year, and we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company. So over a thousand families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a, a local company, please call USA Mortgage three one four six two eight two zero one five, and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available, and give you an opportunity to support a local company. That's awesome, Joe. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, and we're headed to the Michelob Ultra 19th hole. Pearly, that music is starting to relate to a little Michelob Ultra action for me. I like it. I like, I like it. it. All right. Um, so, John, the Brian Anderson interview. So, I, I I think I mentioned earlier, I didn't know about his history with the San Antonio Spurs, but if you look at his body of work, wow. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, a, you know, Joe Buck has got an incredible amount of a body of work that goes through, you know, Fox brought him to golf, but he's got football and he's got uh, World Series and baseball and all that stuff. Brian Anderson's got basketball. He's got baseball. He's got golf. It's it's impressive. It sure is. And uh, that's impressive. That's great. I still I still just like his perspective, which is why I suppose he has all that. Jay, when he started talking about culture, I mean, that is such a pet peeve for me with the work I do with businesses. And for him to kind of talk about that and how the team is playing with, with joy and how he sees that type of culture creating scenario where these guys can compete with the incredibly big-time players, ones that are paid so much, uh, and so that these smaller um, these smaller community markets, markets smaller market teams, yeah. have a way to compete. I absolutely love that. And the word joy, to me, has a special meaning, too. Our buddy, uh, Doc uh, Hartman, used to just always talk about it. He used to always point out when he saw what he considered and what he believed was, was pure joy. There's something special about pure joy. I'm going to tell you something that was really cool about that. When my daughter Mackenzie was in eighth grade, she won an award from, and I, it came out of the blue. It was like a $2,000 scholarship to high school. And the look on her face, it chokes me up right now thinking about it. It was unabridged, yeah. complete surprise, and joyful. And it was awesome. Going back to that interview, John, Craig Council and his jam and his vibe and his integrity and guts and authenticity, whatever the hell word you want to use, it, it, it shows 
so through in the product on the field. And it's weird almost. Well, it is weird, but I can remember, I was telling you this the other day, years ago, somebody's kind of questioning uh, Craig Council as a player. And they were talking to Bobby Cox, kind of like, okay, we're going to throw this guy under the bus. Bobby says, wait a second. I want to tell you something about Craig Council. Look at a lot of the playoffs and World Series of the last 10, 12, 15 years. Who's there? He's playing for a lot of different teams, and he's always there. And something else about when he's playing and he's in that situation, he's always making a big play. He's always making something happen. It might not be the prettiest, perfect thing in the world. This guy makes things happen. So that fits that culture, and you need that mentality to set a culture like that because he gets it too. Well, the, the thing that the thing that I love about the Brewers, and it's tough because I'm a gigantic Cardinal honk and have been for my entire life, and I love the Redbirds, but Milwaukee is out of the box. They're thinking differently. They're they have using, to. They have to. Exactly. But it's interesting to watch it work. You know, they're bringing in a, um, you know, they're using a six-man rotation. They're doing all these things, and it's just fantastic. And, Pearl, it's hard not to relate some of this stuff to Bryson DeChambeau in our world. Yeah. He's taking a gigantic risk. Who was going to say that gaining all this weight wasn't going to ruin his career, John? Well, plenty of people are saying it was going to ruin his career. Right. All the lifting, all the weight gain, all the throw out what we all think is the right way to play and play someplace completely different. And it's the same thing. Anytime you're one of those first couple trailblazers down the path, man, you better be thick-skinned because it's coming at you. And I hate that. I hate that you have to be thick-skinned because then it deters other people from doing that. But, man, it makes me even appreciate those trailblazers even more. It does, and I mean it, it, it tells you the strength that it takes to, for yes. those guys to do that, and I mean you know, I think Bryson DeChambeau's probably okay when he takes a glance over at his trophy case and sees the U.S. Open trophy in there, he's probably like, I'm kind of glad and I did this. And his checkbook, and, yeah. and that he's, if he's not having a whole bunch of fun, then that's shame on him, because yeah, it should right. be a whole lot of fun right now. Maybe you should call us, we'll tell him, we, we could have a few suggestions on some fun things we could whip up for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get him on the show. I, I've been trying. Fun. Oh, really? Yeah. He'd be a fun, fun guy to yeah, talk to. Yeah, still trying for the quarters. Still trying. To, I, I want to get some get LPGA players He'll on there. there. This this show would be so fun to get Nelly Corda or Jessica or both. Anyway, Lexi Thompson. But um, Pearl, man, we got another show in the books, and we're going to come back for a show that will probably tape the first couple days of the Ascension Charity Classic week, and then, then you know, the, the week after that will be special. We'll give an update on where you stand at that point. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being with me. Uh, me, thanks for taking great care of us up here. And we will see you next week with more of Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit them straight, St. Louis.